You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Rachel and Gabby's season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 296. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Got a great show for you this week. Lynn Spillman, the former casting director of Survivor and Amazing Race, among other shows, and now has a new project. She's the executive producer on a show on Amazon Prime that was released last Friday. All eight episodes online. They dumped the whole thing. Forever Summer Hamptons. Ugh, totally hooked. If you like The Hills, you like Laguna Beach, it's impossible not to like this one. I grew up on those shows, so of course I'm going to watch this. We get into that. We get into her job as a casting director, what it entails, and the fact that she cast some of the biggest names in the history of reality TV. Richard Hash, Colby Donaldson, Boston Rob. I mean, you name it. That was her doing. She is a legend in the Survivor world, and we're going to talk to her momentarily. I do want to say that the Daily Roundup is up on your Reality Steve podcast feed. Check it out today. I talk about how I might be a little bit closer to knowing who one of the women chose this season. You'll be happy to know there's no Nick, Blake, Katie talk. None of that. Um, there is some TikTok talk because... A TikToker has taken to the airwaves to seemingly spill some tea on one of the men on The Bachelorette this season. I tell you where I am with that. And plus, there's just other stuff going on. I talk a little bit about Big Brother last night and the challenge and a little bit of SEC football for those that are interested. More specifically, I talk a little bit about the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, the Georgia-Florida game that's played every year in Jacksonville. Kirby Smart had something to say about it yesterday that I didn't know, so we get to that, and I talk about that a little bit. I posted that about an hour ago. It should be in your feed, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. It should be in there. And like I said, for those that maybe only listen to the Thursday podcast and don't listen to the Daily Roundup, I... I suggest maybe you do. There's a lot of good info, and it's, I'm having a lot of fun with it. You guys really seem to like it. I really appreciate that you like it. And basically what I've done is now I record that daily roundup the night before, and it, it is set to be released at 7.45 a.m. Central Time on a scheduled release. I don't have to manually do it. Uh, I set it up the night before, and it's at 7.45 a.m. Now, that's when it gets released. It's usually in your feed. The last couple days, it's been in my feed 10 minutes later. A couple days earlier, it was in my feed 13 minutes later at 7.58. One time, it was at 8.01. So just know that it's set to be released 7.45 a.m. Central Time every day, but it'll be in your podcast feed, eh, I would say no later than 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain and 6 a.m. Pacific. If anything, maybe a minute or two after that. So I think it. I think it's all dependent on how many podcasts around the world are being uploaded at that time. I think that's really all it is. To be honest with you. So 
there's that. And yeah, I'm having a blast with the daily roundup. I hope, uh, I, I know the response has been great so far and I've, I've kept them all. I think the longest one I did was 22 minutes. I'm keeping them right around the 20 minute mark, keeping my eye on the clock. I haven't done one that was 15 minutes yet. I thought I'd have some that were between 15 and 20, but they've all been right at the 20, 21 minute mark. I always start with something Bachelor Nation related because I know that's what you guys are here for first. And then I start talking about a little bit of reality TV, throw in any pop culture stories that I want to. And sports will always be the last topic that uh, I get to if I even get to a sports story. Because in 20 minutes, sometimes I've got loads of Bachelor stuff and loads of pop culture stuff. And I don't get to the sports, but today there is some good content, I believe. Like I said, there's nothing about Nick or Katie or Blake. That, that's been quiet for a day. Um, I do talk a little bit about getting closer maybe to one of the women's final choices this season and how that relates to how I handled spoilers in the past. The TikTok situation, there's a woman that took to TikTok who's made a reference to one of the guys maybe holding something back. I update you on that. Talk a little about uh, Big Brother Challenge and then um, UGA, UF. That would be Georgia, Florida for those who don't do well with initials. Not a whole ton more to get to, really, before we get started with Lynn. And like I said, the Daily Roundup is there every day. Outside of a any trips that I have, and maybe I don't do a Friday show or Monday show because I get back on Monday, it's going to be there every day, Monday through Friday. Just a 20-minute update of telling you what's going on in Bachelor World and reality TV, pop culture, and, and any sports takes that I do have. So before we get started with today's podcast, I want to talk to you about Organifi. If you're like me, you know the importance of eating healthy, which I have been for the last month or so, but you don't always have the time sometimes or the willpower to cook with all the colors of the rainbow. Organifi's superfood blends make it easy and enjoyable to add more variety and nutrition to your day. Delicious organic powders you can just add to water, stir with a spoon, shake it in your shaker. Enjoy any time for more energy, nutrition, hormone balance, and peace of mind. They're a great way to jumpstart your morning, energize your afternoon, or nourish your evening. I've had them at all different times during the day. I've usually used them as a pick-me-up before I go to the gym. You can have them after the gym. Like I said, you can have them in the morning. Um, I really like them. I really like the what they give me. They give me energy that... I'm kind of lacking sometimes in the mid-afternoon because there are some morning gym people, there are some night gym people. I'm neither. I'm a mid-afternoon guy. I go after the lunch crowd. I'm usually gym at 1.30, 2 o'clock. I know, but I work from home, so I don't have to worry about, and I just don't, (laughs) be honest with you, I just don't like being in crowded gyms. So I try and go with, you know, obviously there's people at the gym when I go. There's never going to be an empty gym, but yeah, that's my workout time. So go to Organifi.com slash Reality Steve. Use code Reality Steve for 20% off your next order. That's Organifi.com slash Reality Steve and use code Reality Steve for 20% off your next order. So without any further ado, let's get going. Podcast number 296. All right, let's bring her in. Uh, You know her as the casting director, a former casting director on Survivor. Survivor. 
and also she casts The Amazing Race along with numerous other shows. Now she is executive producing for the first time a show just released over the weekend on Amazon Prime called Forever Summer Hamptons. It is Lynn Spilman. Lynn, how are you? Good. How are you? Thank you. I am doing great, but I do want to say right off the bat, <laughs> I'm not happy with you, and here's why. <laughs> You've now got me hooked on a new show that I had no idea about <laughs> until this past weekend. I really, I, I, I'm only one episode in, and that's the worst part. But your show, um, of <laughs> what was I just, what was I just saying? What was what, I, what, the name of it? <laughs> Forever Summer Hamptons, which was just came out on Amazon Prime uh, last Friday. I'm only one episode in, and now I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get right through this the second I have plenty of time to actually get right through this. And it's really addicting. We're gonna get to it uh, in a minute, but I just want to tell you right off the bat, like, thank you. I'm not. I, I I like the show. I love the show, but I'm not happy with you that you <laughs> you've gotten me addicted to a show that I had no idea about um, until last week. But that's what we want to talk about. However, Great. I want to I want to first back up with you and your career because you are responsible for some of the, you know, the biggest names that we know in reality TV history: the Boston Robs, the Richard Hatches of the world. Uh, the Ruperts of the world. I mean, you could just go down the list for Survivor. I could. I could go down the list. <laughs> it's, <if> you <laughs> it's you. You are the person that Thank discovered you. these people. So I just want to say, as a casting director for probably one of the shows that really kicked off what we know today as reality TV. Were there reality shows before Survivor? Yes. But when that first finale drew 50 million people, which is just unheard of in television nowadays... That was yeah. the one that really put reality TV on the map, and you were responsible for casting that show. So let's go back to season one. Thank you. It's a show oh, that nobody. That's my favorite. Yeah. That's it's a show that nobody season. knew anything about. Like, we had no yeah. idea what it was. It was 2002 yeah. or whatever. And it's just like, yeah. oh, they're going to do a reality show with people on an island? Like, what the hell is this? And then, as I said. And it was going to air. How about. And it was going to air at night. It was the first, like, prime yeah. time show like that. Yeah. And. Now, you know, knowing after the fact, like I just said, 50 million people tuning in for that finale, which was just must-see television. Um, gosh, that must have been a whirlwind for you, like considering what you had done before that and then to get that and that show to blow up like it did. Tell us what that was all about. Well, it was it was amazing. I had never, I had kept, you know, I had just broken into this business. It was this niche that wasn't, nobody was doing it really. Like it was game shows and dating shows. But it, it was my, it was kind of a second career after three years in New York. So I wasn't expecting much. And, you know, I actually, what's unheard of is my first show, I think, went five seasons. Like I, I did Singled Out for MTV, which was a monster of a casting job because you had to find 50 girls and 50 guys <laughs> to show up in the middle of nowhere, you know, Los Angeles to film, you know, three shows a day uh, or six shows a day, three in the morning and three at night. Um, so, I was pretty, you know, I was pretty pleased with that track record, but then this was just, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. When you sat um, down casting this, and just I'll just go over Richard yeah. Hatch real quick. Yeah. Did you think that Richard Hatch was going to be the TV gold that he was, or did you just think oh, he'll be good? But did you ever think he was going to be what he ended up being? Well, did I think he was going to walk around naked and you know <laughs> on his birthday? Never, <laughs> no. I think when we were casting season one, we didn't, you know, there's only five of us. We didn't really even know that much about the show. They were going to be doing some kind of challenges. I kept asking, do they need to know how to swim? Like, I kept asking questions, but I didn't really understand, like, they were going to be, like, challenges like they are. I thought they meant, like, challenges. Like, this will be challenging. I didn't realize it was going to be, like, 
these big sets of like you know the maze and all that like i had no idea i cried when i watched the first episode but we, i do remember as these tapes came in for season one like thinking this is going to be great we got to put him with rudy like i remember thinking the combination of these people is going to make great tv did i think they would be breakout stars like that and get all this attention never in a million years but i do remember us sitting there putting like the casting cards down like oh my god this is going to be hilarious or this is going to be great or these two are going to fall in love like i do remember that feeling of it's the combinations of these amazing people that were going to really make the show and I, again i didn't even know what the thing was going to look like so that was just from the casting perspective of it all what is your background in terms of college and stuff or when you to get into something like casting what made you want to get into this well I've always been like I love people and I love their stories and I probably should have been a therapist Mm. instead I went into sales which kind of the same thing um (laughs) but I was in sales I worked in that I've studied fashion in college I was I planned to be a buyer for a big department store I did a trading program didn't love it it was very mad it was like all number crunching and I was like "Mm, I need to be with the people and so I picked the other side and switched over to menswear and sold clothing sold sold Hugo Boss to stores to the buyers that I was training to be Um, and I was in sales for years and I loved it I loved everything about it I loved the product I loved travel I loved meeting all the people I had a weird territory which was the um southwest which is like if you looked at it, it was like arkansas kansas city i mean it was like it was just really crazy like places you wouldn't typically go to just you know on vacation so it was kind of fun um so that was my background sales and then i came to la and it's you know i answered someone's phone for a day and they were doing a tv show and it's like you know it's just crazy just to be exposed to like as a pa answering phones you get exposed to every job on the that's there and someone says to me, okay, you need to stop talking to everyone that walks in the door and go over and talk to the casting people because that's what you should be doing. I'm like, okay. Interesting. That's, a, that's <laughs> yeah. an interesting way for it to, for it to start. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. It just shows like, I, I didn't even want that job that day. I had, I had a job lined up in fashion and my friend kept saying, just come answer my phones. It's MTV. It'll be fun. You don't have anything else to do today. And I said, I have a job. And I said, no, just do it. It's fun. And you know, it's a totally different world in LA also than New York. Like New York, working in New York and working here, like in your twenties, it's completely different. So when um, you when you're casting for Survivor, and mm-hmm. especially in those early seasons, obviously the first season, like you said, you're casting not even knowing exactly what the show entailed. Obviously, as you get into later seasons, and then you get into fan favorite seasons and all star mm-hmm. seasons, you're casting people. Hopefully, that you want that, you know, watch the show and are familiar with it and end up being, you know, quote unquote, super fans. In the beginning, you couldn't really cast super fans because there wasn't enough seasons. Did it get easier after that? No, I think it's harder because, I mean, and that's the struggle I have now. I mean, I think super fans are great, but a lot of them come in with an agenda of like, I don't want the website to be bad at me. I don't want to play it like this. And like, they're thinking so much about what the other fans are going to say. Or they care about, I don't know, maybe production too much. I like the pure, I, I like the balance of the two, the super fan versus the recruit. I like the balance of that wild card that throws the super fan off because they're crazy in their antics and their antics like, like, um, fill up, you know, like, mm. you know, they, they, I like the season where you just don't know how it's going to go because you have these wild cards that don't know how to play the game, but they're smart enough to figure out how to stay in basically. 
I've had a few casting people on in the past, and I'm I'm going to put you on the spot here, but okay. if you don't want to answer, I, I totally understand. Is there anybody that you sat with during casting that didn't blow your socks off and then ended up being a star and then also vice versa where you went in and said, this person's going to be huge, and they ended up kind of being, I don't know, an afterthought, not a major player? Wait, hang on one sec. Eric, there's somebody at the door. I have COVID. I want you to um, tell him that we have COVID. It's someone's kid, I think. So, so it's, thank. Oh, it's it's a shift kid. Hi, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I heard what you said. Wait, so the question was... Is there the question was, that- anyone you sat with during casting that you said, that you said, that never, that didn't blow your socks off during casting, but then ended up being huge, and then vice versa, somebody that you were like, oh my God, this is, a, this is an A+. They're going to kill it. They're going to be a new star and they ended up being kind of an afterthought or maybe got eliminated early or something along those lines. Isn't it awful that I just can't, I just don't remember. <laughs> like, isn't that bad? like I just, well, yeah. Cause you've been, I mean, you probably interviewed I, I a ton. Know, like I keep bringing up Philip. Like I thought Philip was going to be a super, like I just thought he was going to be like, so I don't, you basically asked me, is there anyone that surprised me? Philip Shepard? Yeah, like I'm saying, Philip Shepard was like a surprise. Like I just thought possibly he'd be out very early. Like I actually okay. said to him, I think you're going to be first off or last man standing, is what I said. Okay. Um, who surprised me? I, I don't. I'm trying to think. I mean, you are putting him on the spot, and I can't <laughs> think of anybody. I mean, there's people I wish played better or that we got to see play, but they got that voted out really early. I can't even think of who those are. I can't. I don't know. I can't think. It's just so long ago. It feels like. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, you've think. you've probably. I mean, you've sat and cast so many people. Like, I get it. It's probably hard. Yeah, to I can't think remember. Of one I mean, I was psyched. Um, you know, Yule. I was psyched. I remember meeting Yule in a coffee shop. We were talking, and I was like, he's like, but but again, he wasn't like riveting TV. But I knew he was going to play a very good game. I knew mm. he would find a person to connect with. I knew he was going to play a smart game. Like, was he the most riveting character ever? No, but he played a smart game, which would then put other people, like you know other people are going to have to step up their game. When when you are casting and you're sitting across from these people or when you're just when you're just talking to people, I think I read an interview about you where it was one of these things where people have said about you that you're kind of always in casting mode. Like you just you don't pass oh, anybody yeah. on the street where you're just like, "Hey, oh, would no, you be no, interested?" No, always. No. I you know, I I'm, yeah, I mean I, I, for years, that's how it was. You don't want to be on an airplane you know, anywhere with me. I can't, my family would be like, go, go do your thing. Yeah, no, I, I was just, honestly, I'm not even actively casting something, right? The second kind of, I kind of wrapped on something and there was a guy just now Chick-fil-A in Westwood and I was like, oh, he might be good for my show. I better just recruit him because <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> but I haven't, yeah, I mean, that's how many, many years of Cat Survivor was. I, I mean, that's what's different about my job now that I love, we'll get into that, but um I love recruiting. I mean, it forces me. I met my husband recruiting. I mean, there's a lot of casting directors that will tell you they met their spouses recruiting mm. or their partners recruiting. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, airports. I mean, g- give me jury duty any day. I love jury duty. <laughs> <laughs> jury duty is like survivor. Who's going to step up and take, you know, who's going to take the lead? Who's going to argue? Who's going to just let be passive? Who's going to, I mean, I love jury duty. <laughs> Interesting. I never even thought about that, but that yeah, that would be an, a great place yeah. to find somebody yeah. in there. What yeah. makes them tick? Especially if you're casting a show that's strategic, just strategic. You know, also I think it's fascinating the people that try to get out of it and what they come up with. I'm like running after them, like wait, 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 before you go. <laughs> 
So we, we, we talk about the early advent of reality TV, which I believe was, you know, 2002, 2003, maybe even as back as far as 2001. But, you know, when it, I'm talking about when it first started out. Before that, it was just literally like Cops was considered a reality TV show. Yeah. And Real World was yeah. out there. But that was really yeah. it. And that was on cable yeah. stuff, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So Survivor comes along, and it's this giant phenomenon. And it's making the headlines on all the entertainment sites. It's all over the magazines. It's like this great show. And then, you know, you get to a point, especially nowadays, when, you know, my coverage is mostly Bachelor and Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise and stuff like that to where it's completely changed because back in the day, casting was, hey, send in a videotape of yourself. I know Survivor yeah. did it all the time. Yeah. Now... Yeah. I would say that most people that get cast on popular reality shows is either word of mouth, someone you know from a previous cast, or you were approached by producers rather than, I'm going to send in a video and end up on this show. It just doesn't happen right. that way anymore, does it? No. I mean, it also, think about how hard it was in those years to make a video and tape yourself and then transfer it onto VHS, VHS and go to yeah. the mailbox and fill out a label and handwrite your application so much more work was go you had to go into being on the show, which I actually liked because you didn't get people that were going to fall out like or bail or like, you know, go through with all of that to just say, Oh, you know what? I'm going to fail this background check or, or whatever. But it was, it was really different. You had to do a lot more and it scares me now because I'm casting shows and it's very quick because a lot of it, you find the people online and yeah. I'm always questioning. You know, I just, I become, you can ask anyone that's ever been on my shows. I become very, Maybe not the talent-based shows. Like, it's harder with making the cut because it's an international cast. But the ones from here, I mean, I talk to all the time. But, like, anyone that's played Survivor, for the most part, it's, you know, maybe not at the very end. Like, I know everything about them. And if they don't even know that I know everything about them, I know everything. I know their parents. I know their jobs. I know their siblings, where they went to college. Like, I, I made it a point to really understand them, their lives, and be close and I didn't want people to drop out at the end. I cared a lot. I, people didn't, I thought maybe someone didn't like an episode, how they were edited or how they came off, even though that's probably what they, you know, how they came off. I used to call them and check in with them. I mean, I don't, I, that it's just really different now. Now it's moved so quickly and yes, the, re, you know, the playing and the replaying of players, um, you know, it, it's just really different. Or my job is really different. And, you know, that's kind of the replaying of the players. It's like, it's not the same game anymore. Any of them are because you they already know each other. There's a pre-existing friendship. There's a pre-existing deal that's made sometimes. Like, I mean, not, you know, not where it's like not allowed, but they're just, they're friends. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, a, it's different. And the audience doesn't know that. So the audience isn't really in on the backstory of a lot of it. And, and uh, that's kind of what I stopped liking about doing. I, I, I've never been quiet about replaying, you know, contestants coming back unless they're all coming back or half are coming back. I don't like it. Because I don't, I don't think it, I just think that it's either all or none. I actually don't like half coming back either, except I did love Hero. Yeah, no, did we do Heroes and Villains? Yeah, no, that was all returning players. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't love it because I just feel like we've seen them play. Okay, now they're, now they're basic, their friendships and stuff that have happened in the last 10 years come into play. And that's just, it's just different. I did like the purity of these strangers. I thought the best part of Survivor and even Amazing Race is these strangers that would never meet. And, Forever, forever summer camp if they're not strangers that wouldn't have met they're all like friends through other friends but just this 
you know, this friendship that builds between some of the guys, you just can't picture, you would never picture them all friends. But if it weren't for them having this job at Dockers, they wouldn't be friends. And they're, they're so cute and they all teach each other different things about, you know, life and ham- living in the Hamptons. And that's what I love about the show is that innocence that, you know, these people didn't know each other and now they're like besties. I, I, I had a, a one final thing that I wanted to hit on with uh-huh. Survivor. And I, and right, I, and I want you, yeah. no, it's all right. I want you to be honest. Mm-hmm. After the first season aired of Survivor, like I said, became this giant phenomenon. And I remember mm-hmm. local news, because I was living in Los Angeles oh. at the time, local oh, news would crazy. run stories about all the people that were sending in tapes to apply. And it was oh, like crazy. fifteen yeah. or 20,000. Did you guys 70, really go through 20? 70,000. Survivor 2, okay. 70,000 tapes. Truck after truck of FedEx on the due date would <laughs> open the back door and it would fly out. It took us longer to open all the packages than to watch them. Okay, there's honestly. no way you guys watched seventy thousand tapes. So many, we did. You watch everything. You have, and, and in a, wow. my role was we watch everything, and we got to watch it twice, meaning someone else has to watch it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's <laughs> so seventy thousand tapes for season two, and it's like. Well, actually, okay, that's I, that's applicants because some I would say we had hundreds that went to open calls. Mm. So you would get one VHS tape that didn't even have like someone be on for a minute, someone three minutes, but they you could see two thousand sometimes of those on like four or five different. You know, they would send in all the tapes. God, that's amazing! It's so amazing to yeah. me. And and then you know yeah. you look at that cast and you know it gives us gems like Tina and Colby yeah. and Jerry, and oh. it's just like. It's amazing that you just plucked those people out of 70,000 people that were interested in being on your show and those people well, became household I've names. I've said this before too. Like out of every hundred, you're interested in one. <laughs> it's not like, <laughs> like that's mean, but I'm just saying it's, and, and, but it's just that they they have to have this, that, and it's really hard to explain, but it, there is this it factor where it's a they pop. Or if they don't pop your, I read applications. Like to me, the application is just as important as what's on the screen there. But if I read an application and I realize, especially later years of Survivor, I read an application, I'd be like, wait, they did their tape wrong. Like, why aren't they talking about this? And then I would call them and say, okay, tape is okay, but this is so interesting about you. Why did you not? Let's talk about it and how it relates to Survivor. And they'd be like, I don't get it. How? And, you know, we'd talk about it. And they'd say, I never thought of that. I'd say, all right, let me sleep on it and make me a new tape. And then you get, you know, then you get it because that's really what they're more comfortable talking about. That's them. Like, so a lot of times it's the application to me that is the game changer for people where it's like, wait a minute, they should have talked about this. I, I think, I think a lot of people, especially nowadays when it comes to applying for reality TV, because obviously now you get on the right show, you last long enough. It could become a lucrative business for you. Yeah. It becomes oh, your brand. Totally different. Yeah. It's different than when you first started. And when I first started, my team knows I didn't, if people were in school plays, I said, we don't want actors. They're out. I mean, that's what's so funny. They tell me that I recruit actors. I mean, it's hilarious, but I was, if they were in a school play, I was like, Oh, they just want to be an actor. I didn't want anyone that had anything to do with wanting something other than winning survivor. That was it. That was my rule. And, then the whole world changed and now it's like, okay, well they want followers, but will they make good TV? You know, like the, it, it's so different. It's so different. Is it a talent to be able to see through people who come in knowing that you want to be on, want more followers and want a brand to be built versus well, what they, they're actually going yeah, on the I mean, show for? Yeah. But it depends on the show. If I was working on survivor, I would surely be worried about it because if you're only, because a lot of them, they're playing for one episode. You just got to get your name on the cast list, be in the show open and call it a day. Like I would be really nervous 
casting survivor. You want people that want to win more than anything. You know, with making the cut, the fashion show I do, I do that for Amazon uh, for Prime Video. And, you know, they, they all have a talent. They all have a skill. None of them are doing, you know, they all, you know, I have to sometimes say, look, even if you get on one episode, it will be great for you. Like, you know, you flip it because for that show, you do want the most talented people. And you're asking them to leave their lives and it's just different because they have a business or they have a job that they've waited to get forever with some designer. And you're like, no, no, but your stuff is great. You know, give this a shot. So it, you know, again, it's kind of sales, but it's, you know, it's just, it's every show is really different. And I think you want for the competition series, you really do want people that are going to be competitive. And what's the point if everyone only cares about getting to the halfway point? Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be, it's, I got to imagine casting, Casting in 20, 2001 versus casting in 2020 or even in oh. 2015, like once the internet blew up and once Instagram yeah. and, oh. and Twitter became a thing. Oh. Well, by the way, I mean, a lot of, yeah, it, it is night and day, but I can like right now I'm looking for woodwork. I'm working for axe makers and woodworkers <laughs> for a show that I'm doing. And thank God, you know, hashtag woodworker and, you know, my whole world opened for the, in the all morning. I've been just DMing people, which is like a whole new language, a whole new different way of doing things. I mean, but, and I'm grateful, like as a working mom, you know, all those years, like I could work from the baseball field. Like it, it was really lucky that it all had changed in a way that I could keep working, but in the casting sense of like what you're getting on the screen. Yeah. I think you have to just, I'm always like, well, what are they doing this for? <laughs> what do they want? <laughs> I always, I always thought this was interesting cause I just assumed, and maybe it was just my naivete when it came to it. I just assumed that casting a show, you got to go to it and watch it. And when I had the guys on from who cast Joe millionaire, this latest version of Joe millionaire that aired in 2022, it's just like, yeah, we cast and then send them off, and we don't really have anything to do with the show. Did you ever get to go on well, site to Survivor or oh, no? I always do. Well, that's a difference, too. I mean, I, I'm working now very different than I used to, but um, I would never – yeah, I went on site all the time. I went oh, okay. to eight locations. I loved it. But, they, but again, that, they're doing their thing. I don't need to be there. I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it – it is good to have eyeballs on it, and – it's also awkward because they see you and they want to hug me. And I know I'm like the kind of a stress to, to production of it too, because it's like, man, it's like, Ooh, stop, stop. Stay in the moment, stay in the moment. You know, with survivor, you just don't want them to come. You know, I want them to stay in that moment. Yeah. But I, I've heard back from some people that like, I, you know, they'll say seeing you push me those last three days. And honestly, if you weren't there, I was ready to quit. I was never going to quit for you. I wasn't going to let I, I knew you were worried about me quitting. I, when I saw you standing there, I knew I couldn't quit. So, that's for me like oh my god like that is the best okay um and i love seeing how it works out like i hear about it you know survivor's different and that's why like joe million i've I've been working with people who they just hand the contestants over and good for them because now i know what their job has been for the last 20 years while i've been doing survivor (laughs) but i was definitely much more hands-on like okay let's call the doctors let's talk we have family i don't want to even say who but there's an amazing race person that is like notorious but he called me like furious. Like, I don't even know how to make pasta. When is my wife coming home? I'm like, okay, relax. Let me talk you through the pasta. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, they had an emergency contact at production for both shows, Survivor Race. But you know, I don't want them to bother production. Where the how do I make pasta? Where's my wife? Why can't I have the date? You know? <laughs> God, that's yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's. I guess yeah. it's different for every show. Every show is not going to be the yeah. same, and you're going to well, be different. I don't know. I think it's, yeah, I think it, I mean, I think, but also I had to deal with 
CBS. So it was just, you know, my role was different than the people that you're talking about. Who's out Jill Million. Gotcha. They're casting. They move on to the next show. Mine, because I had worked basically for CBS, mine was stick with us. We'll, you know, we'll stick with you and let's get through this. Gotcha. Okay. And I, I just think it's, it really is fascinating to me. I, I, I can't tell you how much uh, I, I guess it. Survivor is, and people that have listened to me for long enough know that I've always said that Survivor is, is my favorite all-time reality show. It always will be because I love uh, the social experiment that it is. I, I love the idea of a cast being put together and voting people out that eventually have a yeah. say in whether you win. I think that's just yeah. fascinating. I do too. Me too. I just like dating and breaking up with somebody and saying, okay, now set me up with your best friend. Yeah. Like, who can do that? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've never, and you know, sometimes, and, and the other thing I've liked about Survivor is how it's evolved over the years in terms of jury voting for, is it most deserving or who do you like yeah. better? And then there's that yeah. aspect. And then there's the bitter yeah, juries, sure. you know, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's great. I absolutely love it. So, but I do want to move on now to what you're doing now, which is okay. what I'm upset at you about because you've got me hooked on a new show. Uh, like I said, it's on Amazon Prime. It was released last Friday. The whole season dumped ten episodes. It's yeah. called eight, eight, only eight. So you only you got oh, wait, two eight. hours back. Yeah, only have eight. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Eight. Only okay. Eight. So I pulled it up. Eight. Um, it's called Forever Summer Hamptons, and. I want you to just like like when you described it to me, you said it's like Laguna Beach meets uh, Oz- the Ozarks, or not the no, Ozarks. Like no, Outer Banks. Outer <laughs> what, Banks. what am I talking about? The Ozarks. That's the Jason Bateman show. Yeah, Outer Banks. Yeah. And so I w- I've watched the first episode. Like I said, I'm one episode in, and now I'm already hooked because I really want to see how bad the uh, the the hunter uh, the hunter fight with uh, Ilan is inevitably going to be. Um, I already know that's coming, <laughs> but I, I'm really interested in. You know, maybe I shouldn't be. I'm a 47 year old man. Why do I give a fuck about people in I the know. Hamptons that are uh, my friend, early you know, 20s? My, friend, my closest friend in the world watched Survivor for the first time during COVID. Can you believe that? What? First season <laughs> ever. And this show, I said, okay, it's going to take you a second. They're like kind of intellectual. This is going to take you a second, but just give it, give it five minutes, and then you can turn it off if you don't like it. They called me two days later, and they were done. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing that this show is, you know, this show is what took off in your house and um, Survivor all those years didn't until, you know, 2020. <laughs> well, I think, I think there's two, uh, there's two reasons why I like this show. Um, number one, I was a fan of, I watched Laguna Beach, I watched The Hills and uh-huh. it's, you know, yeah. it's, you yeah. know, the idea of college age kids just hanging around and talking about stuff and what's going on in their life has always interested me. And number two, I have a niece who leaves for college in a month. And so this, this resonates with me in that, not this, she's not going to the Hamptons or whatever, but it's just the idea of now I have an idea of what, cause I don't, I don't hang around 19 to 23 year old kids. Like I don't know what they talk about and how they talk and how they interact with each other. But I watched this and I just in one episode, I'm like, Oh, okay. Not saying that they are, that that, that this cast is, I think, no, what I loved was like that. What happens between Emily and Avery, where one went away to Tulane to college and the other decided not to go to college, and they were best best friends since like kindergarten. Yeah. And the one comes back from Tulane and is like, "Oh, well, I went away to college." Like, she just thinks she outgrew her high school, her home friends, which everybody goes through that. Either you think you outgrew your high school friends, not because they didn't go to college, but just you think your college experience was better. But that transition from college back home is always awkward and the friendships like 
you know, are they still going to be friends? Did one outgrow the other? They judge each other, one for staying and one for thinking she's great because she went away. And that's real. I have kids that are, you know, my kids just graduated college. And, you know, every stage of this summer of the show, like I went, I lived through with my kids. So mm-hmm. it's for real. And, you know, and you also have Hobbs, you'll keep, you'll see, he's just like your niece is about to leave for college. He's scared. He's, he's free. He freaks out. Avery tries to, someone tries to calm down. Like, it's like summer camp. Don't worry. He's like, I hated summer camp. I came home after four days. I was homesick. It's very funny. But, you know, so you have this age of kids that are all in a transitional period of their life. And it's so relatable, you know, plus you're throwing in, you know, the financial strains for some of them. You're throwing in like the ones that are graduating, like mom, like he's like, what am I going to do? And you know, what kind of girl am I looking for? And what am I looking for a girl for? (laughs) So how did this, Um, how did this come about for you? Why, why Hamptons? What made you go this route with your first job as an executive producer? Well, I got really lucky. I was, um, you know, because of COVID and just, I have relationships with different, you know, producers and networks, whatever. I was talking to someone at Amazon and they were like, give us show ideas. We are just laughing. No, just give us something, give us ideas. And which was really lucky. Who says that? And I said, what are you looking for? They said, anything for young adults. And I said, that's the game of my brain. I'm going to have young adults at home. Let me just see how that goes when we discuss it at the dinner table tonight. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I, I always, I've always, you know, there was a show on YouTube that I don't know if you're familiar with called um, Summer Break, I think it is. And it was like very, it was shot in Santa Monica. And my kids knew all the kids on it. And I always thought like, this could be so much bigger and shot better. Like I just, it was kind of always on my radar as why aren't, it, why aren't, bigger now? Why aren't we doing this? But um, I just pitched my, you know, my daughter had got stuck because of COVID in West Hampton that summer, the summer before that. And she was explaining to me how the Ham- at Hampton and her summer was so different than when she's been to the Hamptons before because she was hanging out with lifeguards. So, like, you know, they're from there. They went to high school there and the lifeguards and they're so funny and these people. And she gave me a couple of names of people that had, she's like, you have to put them on something. They're so funny. You know, you've got to put, and I wrote the names down and then when Amazon was asking for ideas, I just said, you know, how about following the lifeguards in the Hamptons over the summer? And, you know, like, what would that look like? And I said, let me see. And I said, let, you know, and they, they, they gave me some development money and said, hire a producer and do a sizzle reel. And I kept thinking, well, a sizzle reel, I can do that. But like, I can make anything look good. I'm going to just use money and cast it. Like, cause that's what I'm the best. That's what I'm good at. That's what I know. And let's yeah. put the people together. So I made a pretty decent casting reel of people that really would you know wanted to be on the show would be on the show emily was on it hunter was on it reed was on it and i wrote it with a note saying look you know this is what i do best if you fall if you fall in love with these people like i did you'll buy the show and a week later they're like okay let's let's keep going let's do this this is what we need and so you know i went through the process i you know i I, i've never done it so i hired producers to help and then we hired this production company, but I, you know, I'm familiar. I'm from the East Coast. I'm familiar with the Hamptons. I love that age group. I understand, and I just thought, you know, there isn't there isn't anything like it. Even though there is Summer House, and there is Siesta Keys, this just felt young, and it, it is young, and it was risky. I thought it was risky, but it's you know it, that's what made it fun. Well, I think one of the things, especially for me, just only one episode in, the thing that impressed me, and I think maybe this has to do with the social media world we live in now and these people have the ability to actually, you know, put out TikToks and Instagram stories where mm-hmm. they're, you know, no, they're not acting, but they're, they can be in front of a camera and it's out there and there. And a lot of people see it is that I was pretty impressed with this cast with being how young they were. And I really, 
I, when I'm watching it, I'm like, wow, they 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 do seem comfortable in front of the camera. At least to me, they did. I, oh, not to me. I think they're very nervous. I think they're worried about how they're going to come off. I mean, I think Alon, because probably he is the one city kid, um, you know, and then Reed is a little older, you know, so I think that's why those two might feel really comfortable. But, you know, Emily's like a TikTok, TikTok queen, and I think she's super uncomfortable and super in some ways, you know, enduringly awkward. Um, and I like that. I mean, I wonder if we get season two, what that's going to look like. You know, that's what we're all hoping for. I think you're going to see a change. But, you know, Avery, you're right. Avery's pretty comfortable. Yeah. But Hobbs and Julia, I don't know. I thought, I thought it, it just felt different to me. I, and I think it is because of the age. But I thought they, you know, I always am grateful when cast will share their life. Like when they let you in. Like Juliet is dating a white guy and, she has a brother and she's the oldest, you know, she's the oldest in the family. So there's rules that pertain to her. I mean, if you will, I don't want to give too much away, but I love when a cast lets you in. I mean, I'm, I hate to bring up another show, but Lizzo, I cast Lizzo, you know, what, uh, watch out for the big girls. And that was one of the most emotional shows I've ever cast in my life. I cried every day mm. interviewing the, the girls every, every day. Those stories one after another, even though they were slightly similar, just shocked me and it touched me. And just, it was amazing when people just open up and you're just connecting that way and, you know, through Zoom. Um, but this show had, you know, those are the, that, that's what I'm grateful for with these casts and my job is when people really open up and then they open up to the world. I mean, that is something, you know, that's really. I haven't, I haven't seen Lizzo's show, but I just saw I got nominated for six Emmys, so obviously it did very, very well. Or not, um, yeah, six Emmys. Um, yeah, did very, you very are well. Speaking, you are speaking to an Emmy nominated costume director. Hello, congratulations! <laughs> I got nominated. <laughs> I did. Congratulations! I'm really excited. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited. That so is that. Yeah, that and is awesome. Like I said, I feel like that that show was a gift to work on. That was. Just- that was the best. Now I'm I'm someone who's completely unf- I know who Lizzo is and know her songs, <laughs> but I'm completely wow. unfamiliar with the show. What is the show? Um, Lizzo for real needed more backup dancers for real. This is not this oh. is how it came about. Is she really needed backup dancers? And she was calling all the agencies and she was calling places and trying to make it happen. And Amazon was they were talking down. She's doing a show or something with Amazon. Maybe it was a concert. I'm not sure, but they were like, "Well, let's do it." That's how that show came about. They're like, "Well, we'll help you. Let's do a show doing that." So that's what we really did. We were finding backup dancers for Lizzo. So we have girls. You know, people send tapes in. That was enough. That was probably since Survivor. I've never gotten so many tape applications. You know, people applying online. It wasn't tapes, but they videotape themselves and applied um, for that show. Was it um, was it a competition show where people were it eliminated? It was a competition, but like people, the the prize can go to more than one person because she needed a lot of backup dancers. No. But people were eliminated based on I don't want to give anything away, but that they couldn't keep up or the stamina, or maybe they didn't fit in because they or maybe they didn't need the show because they were too good, you know. So mm. you have to watch it. But it's it's a t- you know I've been doing a lot of talent based casting, which is really fun, um, and it's you know a lot of these things are like totally different worlds but um yeah watch it it's a good show it's a great show and if you like the music you'll love the show on something like forever summer hamptons how long does it take before you hear about a possible renewal can you know do you know soon or well it's weird with streamers this is all new this is new territory i don't know i mean they Mm. they really it takes a it takes almost a year from the time you're filming to it coming out so like you know because this was filmed last summer right yeah, it was last summer, and you know it has to get translated, and 
you know, to all the different languages because it's released everywhere. And, um, you know, they wanted to release it with their two other shows, um, the one that got away and I, can't, I should know the other name, but, um, you know, they, they I, I think that's just, it's just hard. I think they don't want to say yes and spend money on something like this until they see numbers, um, until they see how it does. So I'm hoping my fingers are crossed that they call tomorrow and say, get out to the Hampton. Like, that's what I'm hoping. Well, that's what I was going to say. If, if you want, <laughs> if you need a season two, don't you need to film it this summer? Yeah. I would think so. But I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, you would. I mean, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I, I hate to miss it, a summer of what's going on with these kids because I've talked to them and I know what's going on with them. Um, but yeah, I'm really hoping they call tomorrow and say go. <laughs> okay, so without giving anything away for what happens the rest of season one, knowing what you know now, a, a year later, having been in touch with all the kids. Is there any if there was a season two and you had to go film it now, would we be talking about some some major changes in people, either terms of relationships or personalities or or whatever the case may be? Well, I think you have to remember we filmed this during COVID, and that's you know when you usually do a docu soap like Southern Charm or any other shows, you have the advantage of everybody being out at a party and someone like maybe hooking up with someone that we don't know, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well now they're dating. Let's t- you know, let's check. We want her on the cast. You know, it, it happens naturally. With this, we were a closed set, so. Again, I don't want to give anything away. A lot of it is like, okay, we can only have 20 people in this restaurant. Everyone else needs to leave. Like, you can't shoot. Mm. There were just so many rules that I can't. That's why I'm really excited, hopefully, for another season or another location, you know, Forever Center. I don't know, Maui. I don't know, Malibu. But um, I think it was really hard to do what you would normally do with a cast like this. Um, because we couldn't have people just showing up on the set and like, you know, being great or making their way onto the cast. Like you naturally would happen if you're out, if you're out. So, you know, yeah, I think you'd see other new cast members. I think you'd see, I don't want to give anything away. I think you'd see rekindlings of relationships. I think you might see a breakup. I think that, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that, uh, so yeah, I think we have, a, I mean, look at that age, about age, look how much happens for everybody. I mean, that's an age yeah. where one summer to the next is never the same. I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, I think you'd see a lot of changes. Um, and then you'd see a lot of stuff that stayed the same in a good way. This, this show in just one episode has introduced me to a new word that I had never heard before, the city it. I had no idea that, that people, that people in the Hamptons I, looked at people yeah, from I, New York as city By the way, I knew we were, I was on to something because that comes up in my first episode with the first person um, that I interviewed. And I said, a what? And they're like, yeah, city it. I said, I've never heard that. And they're like, then you probably are one. I'm like, no, I live in California. So no. <laughs> but <laughs> I probably was one yeah, at one time or another. Um, but yeah. And so that was a whole nother, like, you know, I didn't even know that existed, that the locals felt that way about the people that come in. I just think if your economy's better, what, what could you be, why would that not be good? And then they go into like, they take their girlfriends, they crash their parties. Now they have to wait in line at clubs that they wouldn't have to wait in line before, you know. Yeah, I, I, for for those that maybe are are unaware, this this show, this Forever Summer Hampton show, is not about all the v- visitors that the Hamptons get. It's not about the people that come in and and use it as a vacation spot. It is about the locals, the people that lived yeah. and grew up in the Hamptons, yeah, and their friendships. And there's one guy who comes in from the outside, sort of, 
um, Elon, but this isn't about, you know, I, I, just people hearing the word Hamptons. I think yeah, there's a, automatically thinking, this thing that runs in people's head oh, about, oh, this is just a vacation spot. Oh, they're like, it's white rich people. And that is so far from what this show is. This is the real, these are people that grew up there. They went to high school there. They, you know, it's their real lives. And, and that's the other difference between this show and all the other ones out there. It's the perspective of the locals. And you, yeah, you see some yachts and you see some beautiful houses for sure. But for the most part, it's, it's you know, it's really about the lives of this age group of kids working at like a restaurant. It's kind of, I mean, in my day, like the peach pit from whatever show that was. Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> yeah, Beverly Hills 90210. It's like the equivalent of the peach pit. Um, so, you know, it's and, and I think we touch on everything from you know growing up black in the Hamptons, like that, like that's you know we, you've never seen that on any other show. Well, that's um, that's Habs. Uh, how, how did you pronounce mm-hmm. his name? Habs, right? They just call him Habs. Habs. Okay. Yeah, Hobbs. He's um, he's adopted. He's from Ethiopia. Yeah. And adopted, yeah. and yet he grew up in the Hamptons, which I'm assuming, no spoilers here, but I'm assuming as we get into the the later this season he's going to talk about what it was like growing a black in a city like the Hamptons and a place like the yeah. Hamptons. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. No, and I think that's good. I mean, I think that's, yeah. I mean, I think he, t- he talks about it kind of in the first episode. He yeah. A little bit. People pleaser. His mother is worried. You know, you're always trying to fit in. He's like, what do you think I'm trying to do? <laughs> yeah. No, but I think it's, I mean, it's, it's really, it's a good summer show. And I think yeah. it's, it's very, like I said, I, maybe I'm and maybe I'm more into it because, like I said, I've got a niece who starts college in a month, and it's just a way for me to connect because she's also at the age where I have really no idea what's going on in her life, what she texts mm-hmm. boys, what she talks right. about with, what happens at the parties. I, she yeah. doesn't tell me anything, so right. it, this is almost like I'm using this as like, okay, this must be the way yeah. it is with everybody. But yeah, um, no, it really is. I have the word bussing. I like yeah. What's that? <laughs> I know. I, I was Googling things left and right. There's one conversation, and I think one of the moms says, I don't even know what you just said, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different language. And I, and, I, and just in the first episode, I, I find it funny how Frankie can't stop um, talking to Alon about how he dresses. Like, he just can't right. let it go. Right, but then he has a little friend in Milo who's like, wait, but those shoes are, you know, yeah, it's so funny. There's yeah. a, there's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I love about this show. You have these moments that are just funny. There's in, in episode two or three, there's like three of them trying to create a text for a girl. Mm. And, you know, Alon just keeps saying, no, 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 dot, dot, dot. No, 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 dot, dot. Like, you know, it's, it's just so funny to me because I've never, I, I, you know, grew up with two sisters and I mean, I have a boy and a girl, but they, you know, they don't share much. But, you know, seeing that side of guys that they care much as much about what's on their tech messages that the girls do was shocking and funny and made me laugh out loud. And maybe I missed this when it came to Alon. I know that he said on the show, I'm a senior at Michigan, but he grew up in the Hamptons area and he's just out there. No, for the... he's from the city. No, he's, oh, he's from, from the, the city. city. That's right. That's right. He's from the yeah. City. He, no, he grew up in Manhattan. He went to high school in the city. Um, no, he's a city, he's a city kid for sure. His, you'll see his grandparents are, I mean, that's the thing that's really nice about this. Year. A lot of the moms are on the show giving their kids advice and it's very, I mean, I see myself and Alon's mom completely. 
Um, mm. and, and all the moms really. And that the feedback I've gotten, and maybe it's because I am a mom of kids that age is that I love the families. I love the moms. I love the different advice based on like kind of where they are in the world. Like the, the advice they give their kids are really different based on like their economic stand, you know, their education economically where they are, how many other kids are in the house, all that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, but um, no, so Alon's from the city. He goes to University of Michigan. He's in a fraternity. He's the, you know, typical city kid that goes in the city, goes into the Hamptons on the weekends, except this summer he got a job. He's house-sitting his uncle's house. I don't know if you saw it. It's a nice house. Yeah, um, very nice. <laughs> um, and, and the rest of them are going, you know, going home to their parents' house. But you'll see, I don't want to give anything away, but it's not like they live in squatter either. I mean, they live pretty nice. Yeah. But, um. But yeah, that's the difference. And, you know, and even like the Habs where he's going away to college is a dry, you know, it's, it's pretty close, I think. Yeah, it is definitely. Yeah. And I, and I really do like the fact that we have a, this isn't like a cast of like, seems like, you know, a four to five solid core with six to eight kind of hanger ons or outliers. It seems like these 10 are all this base 10 or so are going to be the main cast and it and trust me in the first episode it got confusing with you, you know yeah. the names it has to settle into like oh wait, yeah who's who and yeah. who's friends with who and who's hooked up with who friends. yeah right and it'll it'll yeah. eventually i'm sure i'll get it at some point but i'm pretty good on the names right now i think i know who everybody's with and where things are possibly going i think reed is hilarious uh i think people are gonna really like reed he's very outspoken Either love reed or hate reed. yeah you're gonna love him or hate him you're nowhere in the middle with reed right yeah um, very outspoken, uh, but he's, yeah. uh, he's the, he's certainly the comedy of the first episode. And I think yeah. a, a guy that at that age, everyone has a friend like him, somewhat similar like yeah. him. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And Lynn, I'm I wanted so to, uh, thank you for introducing me to this. I can't wait to finish <laughs> it. I'll probably be done by the end of this week of, with it. Uh, I, I hope it gets picked up, uh, obviously for thank a you. season two, um, it's Forever Summer Hamptons. It's on Amazon Prime. You can download it now. Eight episodes. Just go watch it. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. If, you, if you like those type of high school shows, if you grew up with Laguna Beach and the Hills, I, I, I can't see how you wouldn't like this. But, um, I, I again, Lynn, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for talking about your career and a little more insight to how it worked for you with Survivor. I find that stuff so very interesting. So, I uh, appreciate you. you coming on. Thank you so much, and we'll definitely be in touch. All right. Thank you. Thanks, okay. Lynn. Bye. Take care. Thank you so much to Lynn for joining us. Really appreciate that. I hope you all enjoyed it. I could talk Survivor for hours, and just know that you go down the Survivor community, and they will tell you, a lot of them will say that Lynn Spillman is the reason that show was as successful as it was. There's plenty that think that she was the brains behind all of that. And there's a lot online about why she's no longer casting for Survivor. I think a lot of it had to do with longevity. 38 seasons of casting a show is a long time. But she was great. I really appreciated that. And I um, I really do think that this new venture of hers is entertaining. Like, I really am. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. And, you know, I, I know that not everybody watched The Hills and Laguna Beach, but if you did, I'm telling you right now, you are, it's almost impossible. I mean, I can't, 
look, I, I can't tell people what to like and what they're going to like and, and know everything about what everybody's going to like. But Forever Summer Hamptons on Amazon Prime, if you like The Hills, Laguna Beach, Siesta Key, all these shows where people hang out together and there's a lot of gossiping and hookups and whatnot, it, it's... It's in that realm. However, it's filmed in the Hamptons, so the scenery is pretty cool. The houses are nice. And these are the locals. These aren't people going to visit a place and hang out. These are people that grew up in the Hamptons and are locals, and you're getting their take on things. So I hope you check it out. Like I said, Forever Summer Hamptons. It's on Amazon Prime, eight episodes long. It got released last Friday. Go check it out. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. Much appreciated. It certainly helps the podcast. Hope you've been enjoying the Daily Roundup. We had one up earlier today, posted it about an hour ago, and we'll be back uh, tomorrow with our end of the week uh, Daily Roundup. So for Lynn Spillman, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. See you.